I was surprised by this movie in many ways. <laughs> I to say, I was regretting my decision. I, I think this would be something I'd show to my kids. Oh, it's good to hear. I think it's about a father's love for his child. Oh, absolutely, yes. And uh, a complete stranger's love for that man's he child. wore really <laughs> ugly outfits. <laughs> Puke yellow, prom night, pale blue, you know. I, I don't even know where to start <laughs> with this film. Definitely not a movie I would consider watching unless you tell me to. Howdy, I'm Derek. And I'm Peter. And this here is the Mog. In this here podcast, one of us cousins trips a dying tootin' live motion Pikachu from when we was pups and forces them to endure its majestic majesty. And then we spin some yarns, what made us piss ourselves, what brought on the waterworks. And whether it makes our cousins look all the more sweeter. Mmm, cousins. And what film will we have today, Derek? Deliverance from 1972. <laughs> yeah. And, or as I like to call it, most vocal never lose a toe, but then again, some vocal. <laughs> <laughs> like Cletus. It's a slight jar yokel. <laughs> well, I had two. I had uh, The Land of the Sideburns or. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, Brian Dane, of all the cousins I could have married, you was my sister. (laughs) Oh, Cletus. Oh, man. But this is my film. This is your film. So, I guess that um, means I should do the synopsis. Yes. Okay. Four friends decide to go on a kayaking trip to a lake that will soon be flooded and converted into a dam. Ed, played by John Voight, Lewis, Burt Reynolds, Barbie, Ned Beatty, and Drew, Ronnie Cox. But things take a dark turn from a holiday escape to a fight for survival, when a chance encounter with two local mountain men ends with Bobby being raped and one of the locals being murdered. Well, that pretty much sums it up. Without going into the detail, it's a pretty straightforward survival in the wilderness type tale. It's a bit of a tale of Colonel Kurtz going down the river as well. Yeah. Colonel Kurtz? You know, the Apocalypse Now. Oh, right, Joseph yeah. Conrad thing. I'm not very familiar with Apocalypse Now, actually. Uh, well, this was based on a novel by James Dickey of the same name, which he released in 1970. Um, and Dickey was in it. He played the sheriff. Oh, did he? Uh, towards the end, yeah. I didn't realise that. He was terrifying. He was ter- <laughs> He, Yeah, he, he certainly personified. <laughs> and the author, he was set. He was on set and he was intimidating the actors. And he was saying, I'm going to tell you something I never told another living soul. Everything in the book happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> he was just scaring everyone. I heard he had um, uh, fisticuffs with the director. Yeah, they used to get boozed and <laughs> they had to write the script, co-write the script by correspondence because they were just drunk all the time in person. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> And the director's John Borman. Yeah. Um, and he later, later went on to do Taylor of Panama in 2001 with Pierce Brosnan, but also Excalibur, um, Excalibur, sorry, in 1981, which is Darismog. Uh, have you uh, seen Excalibur? The King Arthur movie? Yeah, I have a long time ago. I don't remember too much about it. I remember a lot of soft film, if that makes sense. You know when they soften the, oh, yeah. the lens? <laughs> so much lens softening. <laughs> the Vaseline on the... <laughs> <laughs> on the lens effect. 
But um, this was very low budget. The studio sort of cut them back to two million. Like he actually originally secured Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando as the leads, but they were too expensive. Wow! And so John Voight and Burt Reynolds were it. Yeah, Burt Reynolds. He's barely recognizable in this film. He's so young, and apparently he was an ex stuntman before this. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, so that kind of makes sense because it, he does look like he's telling everyone else what what to do as a you know burly dude and they're all skinny he's looking very buff yeah, yeah. <laughs> in his tight vest <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, the music in this um the dueling banjos this was really what made it famous yeah um which won a 1974 grammy award oh wow i didn't know that that's amazing yeah, but did, did you know that they didn't use, that they used it without the permission of the person who actually wrote the music? Oh my gosh! Really? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, uh, I think, doesn't he, sound like Hollywood. Yeah, he's. I believe he sued them and uh, won. Oh, he won. <laughs> so he got they some got all of the, the money out of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Borman got a gold record for it as well, which is kind of hilarious. Which was then stolen by an Irish thief called Martin Cahill. Oh, they stole the record. <laughs> um, yeah, he stole his gold gold record. And actually, uh, John Borman later made a film about that thief. Oh, wow. Did yeah. he melt it down so he could get his front teeth back? <laughs> I'm going to mail this down and get my teeth back. <laughs> Man, the, but those pearly whites was beautiful. <laughs> But uh, this was also was nominated for three Oscars, Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Film Editing. But it lost to, like, Godfather and Cabaret. So, it was a pretty huge year, 1972, Godfather was released. Yeah. Francis Ford. It's, all the, it's all the twos, isn't it? 1972, 1982. Yeah. It was uh, in the New York Times, Thousand Best Movies Ever Made, wasn't it? Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. It's amazing that it was just done with no budget. That's why they had the dueling banjos. They wanted an orchestra, but like there was no money for it. So, they said, okay, guitar and a banjo <laughs> in a studio. A couple of hours. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. That was amazing, that duel. And all of the actors did their own stunts. Yeah, that's incredible. When you read about That's it, hey. I was actually when I was doing research for this, I was looking for how many deaths there were on the set <laughs> of stuntmen, and I couldn't find any. Yeah. And then I realized it was actually them that did the stunts. So crazy! And the film was shot in sequence as well, which is also crazy. You don't really hear about that. They sort of shot it from beginning to end. Usually, they'll mm. cut around and. But not in this one. Oh wow! And the cinematographer, I should mention him, him Vilmos Sigmund. He's done the Deer Hunter, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh wow! He's Hungarian, and he's mad. <laughs> you know, he's shot like tanks firing at him and all of this crazy stuff. So all of those river scenes, it was shot from a rubber boat, and like. They're all on the rapids and like technician. But it was pretty amazing. Yeah, the water scenes. Really incredible Very stuff. Good. I, I keep going back to this, but if it was done nowadays, you'd see the CGI in some of it. That's you the know, thing. Like the rapids. And that's, I guess, why it stands out to me because you do feel that really, that bravery of, yeah. of the people involved. You actually feel sort of a sense of tension around it yeah. when you're seeing them do these things. Uh, knowing that it was done in 1972, there was no, not many effects that they could do for this. Yeah. I guess we should get on to the axe. Yeah. So, uh, oh, well, actually, I think before we do that, we I need to know, Derek. Oh, yeah. How the hell, how, how <laughs> old were you when you saw this? 
<laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. So I actually spoke to my mom and dad about this. They both love this film. And they used to watch it off a recorded tape, I think. And I spoke to my dad and he says, around 1985, so I would have been four. <laughs> oh, my. oh, my God. And they watched it a lot, apparently. But, but did this include the, the infamous scene? Included everything, apparently. Oh, my God. And uh, so, I that guess- That is insane. I guess this describes my darker side. I don't have much, like, memory of all of that stuff. And even, like, the rednecks in this, I didn't realize they were rednecks. I thought they were just sort of unclean, scary, strange-looking yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, my God, man, I couldn't really, I couldn't watch that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I just, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's just, and, and I, I have heard of this, that scene, but I didn't realize it was in this film. Yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah, unless you've seen it. But also, like, I remember the banjo scene very clearly in my mind. And yeah. um, the menacing surroundings, like the water and the trees and the creepy stillness, that sort of aloneness where you, um, as a head down the river. And do you remember when we went kayaking in Neutral Bay? Yeah, I was thinking of that too. When we went further up, I still yeah. get that vibe. I get the vibe from Deliverance that, oh, wow. that something's going to happen. Yeah, well, that was that was a pretty interesting occasion. We went, um, where was it again? Neutral Bay, I believe. Neutral Bay. We went uh, kayaking together. We used to do that a lot. And uh, yeah, I remember we got to the very edge before turning back and that's when the storm started yeah we and it was a pouring storm. down and and then there was jellyfish all around us oh my gosh so and i was terrified because your history of falling out of kayaks <laughs> has been well established <laughs> i just wanted to drink the brisbane river you know how is that meningitis <laughs> oh, yeah. from the brisbane the river meningitis. going <laughs> oh, i'm still getting my kidneys cleaned out <laughs> <laughs> Brown water. Anyone that's willing to donate a kidney. Sharks. <laughs> Email us at the mug oh at the mug. You, you seriously have fallen out so many times. I've had to ship you out of the Brisbane River like three or four times, I reckon. But yeah, we should uh, begin with Act One. Yeah. So, uh, my act one is Lakes Lewis and Lively Music. <laughs> What's yours? Oh, I didn't have a name, but it, yeah, it is setting the scene with Lewis and his creepy sort of um, monologue over the intro. Mm. My gosh. I didn't realize it was the actors at first. I thought it was actually like a radio station. Oh, yeah. And then I realized it it's was very a ambiguous. conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was good, though. A, not a really interesting way of introducing people to the film at the start oh, it was so creepy it just starts with laughing and um and all of these scenes of the landscape being mined and he's talking about the rape of the landscape um and really that was a the theme of yeah. this movie nature sort of trumping civilization yeah I, I thought it was how they um introduced the cars and the demolition starting in civilization and then getting closer and closer to the lake and taking them further away from that civilization really menacing hey mm. and it was done in like lots of wide shots with single takes as well did you notice that um yeah i did actually and and um the thing is you you saying that it was really menacing i didn't know what to expect with this film um i didn't do any research before i saw it so with those cars and stuff i didn't get a sense of menace really i got a sense of um 
I guess quiet and uh, yeah. people just talking about the theme of the music movie, you know, talking about the lake and that it's going to be demolished and this is their last chance to to explore it and endure the wilderness and get away from it all. I guess the menace for me came from just seeing all the, in, like the real inbred people. <laughs> well, when you get there, yeah, the tension is almost automatically there, particularly since Lewis is such a... He's uh, just reminded me of <laughs> Lewis from The Last Starfighter. <laughs> Crap, Ola. <laughs> yeah, that's, it must be a grown-up Lewis. That's what it yeah. is. Doesn't care about anyone. But he's so he was so aggressive with all of the um, forest people. Yeah. And I was just thinking, man, is this going to escalate right at the beginning of the film? Yeah. Because I, I got the idea that it was a drama. Um, but none of that seemed to happen. He was just really rude to them, telling them what he wanted them to do. And they came, or they all came in very cavalier. You know, Bobby, he was just making fun <laughs> straight out, out the gate. Yeah, literally to their faces. Yeah. But, oh, man, those genetic deficiencies were real, apparently. They were like oh, yeah. real mountain people. Uh, I liked it uh, how the they walk up to one of the shacks and uh, this guy is doing something with an anvil and he bangs the door open and he hits his hand and he swears. And the, the guys <laughs> ask if they can help him and he goes, Tain's as bad as I thought. Because <laughs> he was like swearing and he'd whacked his hand. And yeah. he- <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I didn't even know what was going on, man. Uh, yeah, and they get the the car to drive into the drive to the lake, and he they bring some of the forest people with them. Yeah, and I so was that wondering in leave. that was it really Bert Reynolds driving? Because he was like erratic, and I know he was the embodiment of a cocky bastard. And they're both laughing, and they sort of stay in character. I don't know if that was ad libbed, where he sort of. You know, they go with a massive jump and everyone goes flying. Yeah, I got the feeling that that was real, but I could be wrong. Yeah. But it actually, that laughter seems, particularly from John Voigt's character, to be almost like a this is insane type <laughs> yeah, laugh. I know, you know, that I almost that hysterical laughing. Yeah, so he might have really been driving by the background of this film. <laughs> they couldn't <laughs> afford like stunt, stunt men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they the main character was a stuntman stunt man. in real life. But they're great actors because, like, there's one scene where it's just Bird Reynolds staring. He's, like, at the edge of the water and he goes, sometimes you have to lose yourself before you can find anything. Hmm. And it was really great delivery. It's sort of um, springing back that biblical reference, like, um, you know, he who loses his life for my sake will find it and, you know, deliverance, deliver us from evil. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty good acting. I thought. Mm. I, I I didn't when you just said that I didn't really look too much from any religious undertones of the film, but there were they were there, weren't they? Yeah, I guess I've always um, I was brought up with our father, and whenever we said that line, "Deliver us from evil," I would think of deliverance. Oh my god, <laughs> man, <laughs> that's just crazy! I still can't believe that you saw that when you were four. That's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, I mean, I can, as a child, probably the scene that's the most awful you don't pick up necessarily as a kid. Well, that's the thing. I have no memories of those scenes. You don't, um, you wouldn't even know what's going on. It'd, you'd just be thinking that the guy's getting hurt or something, I yeah. guess, as a kid. Mm. I don't know, man, but still, <laughs> I, st- I still can't believe that you... <laughs> 
Unless it was like cut out. Uh, if it was a tape, maybe they cut it down or something. I don't know. Or your parents fast forwarded it. I don't it. believe so. I think it was in its entirety. It's like, oh, and here's many, that many funny times. bit that we don't want Derek to watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's just boring, Derek. It's just boring. You don't need to see anything. <laughs> but um, halfway through the first act, they're on the water. And that was incredible. That water footage, it just blew me away when I'm watching it again. Mm. Yeah, it was great. All the characters on the boat and the actors look genuinely scared at the rapids, you know, as they're coming up to it. Well, I, uh, I think that that would probably have been genuine fear. <laughs> I know. When you, but, you know, when you're watching it and I didn't know the trivia, it's sort of like, wow, they're, they're really selling it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, I didn't know the trivia either. And I, I think that because there must have been some genuine fear there that you really felt it. Because yeah. I really felt tense during a lot of those scenes. And, oh, it was crazy. But at the same time, because I didn't know what was coming up, it was almost like watching some type of uh, documentary of of uh, city people going into a river and just enjoying the lake and doing and surviving the lake. And I thought things would go downhill when one of them injured themselves or something. I didn't oh, realize. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize what it was that was going to bring the drama and um, that survival element to it. Yeah, I see. So when they were relaxing and when they were going through the rapids, that seemed to be just um, very almost a documentary style to it, though with fantastic cinematography. Yeah. There were some parts where they were, went, they were going down the rapids backwards. <laughs> and yeah. I was just wondering, how do you even script something like that? Well, there was a scene. I don't even know if they did. That's the thing. And I think it's, yeah. all, just, it's all just the characters staying in character like for, for throughout it. And yeah, I was reading up a little bit on how John Voight is a massive method actor. But Burt Reynolds, he's the complete opposite, you know? Oh, right. He'll just really? breathe a bit heavier. and Whereas John Voight, he'll run for a half a minute just to get out of breath. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, there's a, there is actually a scene where one of the actors tries to get purchase on the side of the of the river and uh, so he's right next to the the stone wall trying to grab it and then he goes under and i've done doing kayak having done some kayaking myself there are these there are these underwater rapids that pulls people down and holds them there yeah and i was thinking oh god is that what happened there that's when i was thinking about you know whether there were any people who died during the lake <laughs> oh, <yeah>. this battle <laughs> It's not nothing to do with your morbid curiosity at all. No, no. It was genuine concern. <laughs> and so we sort of move along to act two, which I like to call... Uh, and what I I called coitus cliffs canoes and crumpled corpses. <laughs> oh my god! Because like oh, the coitus. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, at this point they decide to stop off on the side of um the the river. Well, they were waiting for the others to catch up. Yeah. And, and it's Bobby. He's the chubby one. He's like Chunk from Goonies. It just reminds me of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you know something bad's gonna happen to him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, 
That's where they run into the hillbillies. They run into hillbillies. And and it's done in such a way that, like, because there's no music or very sparse music, the tension and the 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 fear, all of that stuff is based around the acting. You're not it's not being enhanced by anything behind it. Yeah. So it feels more real when, you know, they go from having a conversation to realizing that things are getting really bad to basically not knowing what they're going to do. But that scene was pure gold. It starts, it was one long take and they were talking about it saying like how how long they rehearsed it just to make sure it was in one take. So you couldn't, you could see there was no trickery. There's no, you know, there's nothing fake about it. Mm. And yeah, it's all in the actions as well, the way they sort of, push him up against the trees and tie him up and it's rough and i have no memory of it thank god (laughs) my four-year-old self i'm sure they must have fast forwarded it or something (laughs) maybe um but i do remember that arrow that kills the redneck i think oh right Um, yeah because that's pretty unmistakable man just goes right through him yeah well i mean and and before then is the very infamous scene of um, the male rape. Yeah. Uh, with the, that infamous line, squeal piggy. Yeah. Mm. And uh, Ned Beatty takes one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's, yeah. Because it's he was to be tormented for years after. <laughs> Every time someone saw him, they would just walk up to him on the street. Squeal. <laughs> squeal. <laughs> <laughs> hey buddy, how you going? <laughs> Seen your pigs lately? <laughs> oh wait, you are one. So you didn't expect that at all, hey? No, I because I knew about this scene. Once I knew what was going on, it was like, oh right, I know where this is going. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I must admit, I wasn't. Um. I did maybe perhaps move it forward a little. Oh, skip forward. To, it's too traumatic. Yeah. Well, when I was that, definitely that, but also um, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in the lounge room. I'm watching this film, you know, taking notes, and Alicia is sitting in the chair opposite me. She's on oh, no. with her laptop out, so she's not actually seeing what's going on. She has no clue. All she can go by is yeah. what people are saying. So. And she's almost in my line of sight. So, she's to my right in a chair and the scene is going on in front of me. And it's, I just, (laughs) I was just thinking, I really can't (laughs) sit through looking at this and Alicia just sitting there calmly on a laptop with um, yeah. with our little dog on her oh, yeah, yeah. at her feet. You're a family <laughs> man now. Such a I'm a family man watching this thing <laughs> and it's just such a two completely different I thought it was done very well though. It was pretty as far as homosexual rape scenes, it was very tasteful. <laughs> <laughs> Having done a review of them in the past, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, they they didn't show uh, show anything graphic or it was it was more implied, you know. Mm. So yeah, but they they set it up like with real menace. Like is like now drop your pants. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> I didn't know how because I'd heard about the scene. I didn't know how far into it they got or would go. Most of it was just from John Voigt's face, really, just sort of yeah, focused on his reaction of it. 
Yeah, yeah. And his purdy, purdy, purdy mouth. His purdy mouth. <laughs> but um, with it, those after- purdy mustache. <laughs> and um, yeah, after the arrow kills and his already. purdy, purdy pop. <laughs> oh, he had a pipe. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Uh, after the redneck gets dispatched by, you know, Bert Reynolds, he comes and saves the day with his arrows. Yeah. Um, it starts to get really gripping, I found, thought, <laughs> where they're, they're sort of discussing what to do with the body, you know, to bury it or to take it to the authorities. Yeah. That was really right. gripping drama, I thought. Yeah, where they're sort of discussing the moral implications whether it's you know the rule of law or is it justifiable to hide this or is it something that needs to be reported yeah and the it was interesting how that played out later in the film where uh, a passing comment by lewis is that you know they're probably related to this man who was killed mm. and uh, he's dead on because when the police are investigating what's been going on one of the guys is saying about He's missing. You know, his brother-in-law is gone. Yeah. Can't find him none. <laughs> so, it's very... Uh, so, the decision that they make has ramifications later. Yeah. And uh, that dead guy, he was really convincing. <laughs> he, was a good, he, was good at, he was good at being a dead guy, that's for sure, where he's just like lying on that tree, looking off into the distance. <laughs> I, don't, well, I wonder how they did the burial Well, scene. his name was Bill McKinney, and he trained for the dying shots, apparently. He could hold his breath and not blink for two minutes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, there was, there was no fake stuff in this. It was, if you see it, that's... So, he, he was buried. That was him being <laughs> yeah. buried. They were holding his arm. Man, you'd have to train for that, yeah. wouldn't you? Wow. And they'd dig the grave with their hands and the arms sticking out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and all I could think was that's not going to last there for very long. No. Because it'll start to smell. And so, they're back on the water (laughs) trying to escape now. And, um, you know, poor Drew, he's like extremely morose about what happened. It was a vote against him to bury him. Yeah, he was the only person who um, didn't vote. Yeah. And it was all on um, John Voight's character to make the decision because it was two to two. And he had to make the deciding vote. Oh, my gosh. It was set up really well, I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's when the canoe breaks. And there's it's so intense. There's no music. It's just the river roaring. And yeah, this, the canoe just smashes into the rocks. And you... Well, what happens is um, Drew's, Drew doesn't put his life jacket on. Yeah. And uh, then he just suddenly stands up and falls forward into the lake. Yeah. And everything goes to chaos. Yeah. So the canoe breaks and then um, they sort of wash up on one side. They can't find Drew and there's, and you find out Burnt Reynolds. Um, Lewis has got like this pink stuff on his leg. His leg is just broken, like a compound fracture with this yeah. thing. It's so <laughs> full on, man. Um, yeah. What did you think about that? Yeah, no, very gripping. I did find it gripping. Yeah. You're wondering where it'll go from there, whether it's... uh, Is it going to be them just trying to survive to get back? Yeah, you get this real feeling of paranoia because Reynolds, he says, oh, someone shot him from up there. And like, you don't know if he's just saying that. Yeah, because you don't hear any shot or anything like that. He just sort of stands up and falls over. 
and Burt Reynolds' character is looking backwards. But he has no reason to lie. That's the thing. Yeah. But you sort of got that doubt. Yeah. But they they believe it, like uh, John Voight and Bobby. Well, I'm not sure if... Uh, oh, sorry. What is John Voight's character? I keep calling Ed. Ed, yeah. Good at all, Ed. Um, he looks like he has doubts. Mm-hmm. Uh, at first but then he comes up with a plan saying well if they did shoot they're from up there and then that's where yeah he climbs up to to try and you know get the arrow in and he climbs up the cliff himself oh my gosh like that was well obviously when we say that he did all of um, his own stunts but i mean he actually made that climb yeah so terrifyingly high as well yeah and uh and then there's that scene where he he makes it to the top and uh, he uh, he's just so exhausted that he just falls asleep. <laughs> it's so crazy. But like the there's night for day stuff there where they shoot um, during the day and they just paint it to look like night. And it, oh, is that what was going on? It looks a bit on. funny. It looks a bit... It does look very... I didn't know what that was. I thought that they might have had like a green screen or something. Yeah. You know, and they're trying to superimpose it off into the background so those were actual shots on the location it's just the darkened that. sky and i guess when i was thinking about it, it's impossible to shoot at night really because there's just no light and mm. it's so remote you know that location of the gorge it's pretty magnificent but there's no way you could fake that so they've sort of just fudged it a bit oh i see that makes sense. But it was so freaky when he wakes up and there's a guy actually there. Like, I didn't know. Like, if it was just... I don't remember this stuff. Um, yeah, there was actually the redneck there, the toothless guy. Mm, yeah, he's standing over just looking down at the With cliff. his gun. And John Voigt, he he's not particularly um, savvy about it either. He's just like... He doesn't think, oh, I should get into a better position or anything like that. It's just like, okay, got to do it now. Yeah. And he did before have a fail with the deer, so that sort of set up that he's sort of he's he's not um, feeling very sure about his ability to kill this guy. Yeah, he's he's um, gets the shakes as he's trying to shoot because it's just um, it's like he's trying to make the decision then when he should have made the decision much earlier. Yeah, and he sort of freezes up and. He takes a shot. You don't know what happened, but he falls over and he sticks an arrow in his own yeah, side. He falls onto <laughs> his own arrow. <laughs> it's just painful how inept they are. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're expecting this adventure action sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, it is um, so not that. Eh? It's not yeah. that. <laughs> he falls on his own arrow. <laughs> it's like an R-rated city slickers. <laughs> <laughs> But then you see that the Ari landed and it got him in the neck. Yeah, oh that's God. right. He stands over him and is about to shoot and he does the very Indiana Jones thing of falling over before before he shoots. You know, don't know if he's dead or <laughs> yeah, not. Yeah, it was, but hey. But then they get the gun and he throws it in the lake and yeah, I don't I know, know why, was, man. I was thinking, oh, that, okay. <laughs> Especially since the poster for this is a guy standing in the water holding a gun out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like it was, I, it was quite a surprise. That was like the that was like the twist of the film. <laughs> just throw away your gun. You're not going to need that. I don't need this here gun. It's not going to do us no good. But oh my god, climbing down the cliff, it couldn't have been more elaborate cuz he uses the same rope as the dead body that he lowers down. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He just like you're thinking, oh is he trying to get rid of the body and just drop it over the side? But no, he just 
He keeps it going down and down, <laughs> and he uses the the body's weight as leverage to get down there. Oh my That's gosh, pretty, that was so fun! It was really clever. It's just yeah, he can't figure out how to kill a person, but he knows what to do with them once <laughs> he's got the body. <laughs> I don't have many other notes for the next part, but I just remember Drew's arm when they finally find Drew's body and how yeah. it's contorted <laughs> behind yeah. his head. He's just looking pretty peaceful, <laughs> except for arm just completely twisted. twisted over his head. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so yeah. graphic, and he's all pale. And and then they decide to take him. Oh, with them. they tie him to the it's side like, of the canoe. <laughs> Just, his arm is twisted yeah, behind just, the whole time. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty full on with that. Just uh, <laughs> you know, they've got they've got Lewis sitting in the canoe screaming all the time, and this uh, dead body just tied to the raft. Yeah, it's just a really crazy setup. Yeah, um, and then they give up, don't they? It, like I couldn't quite figure out were they taking him to a place where they could drop him into the lake or did they just think that they were going to be able to take him all the way yeah with them that's that's what i thought yeah i think you're right and then they sort of gave up and they have a little sort of impromptu burial where they tie yeah. these rocks to him that was really moving for me um where he goes he was a good husband and then he just switches um perspective and goes you were a wonderful father drew hmm. Yeah, that was amazing acting because, yeah, Reynolds is in and out of consciousness in the boat and Voight clutches at his side from where he stabbed himself with the arrow as he's getting back in. Mm. What did you think? Yeah, uh, I thought it was really good too. And and um, Bobby chimes in a little bit as well um, because he was a lot of dead weight throughout the film and, and then, um, yeah, he's, he's pretty much used as a piece of meat in many ways. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, he does he does sort of... As they try, as they would probably say, man up, somewhat. Yeah, like not complain as much, um, and realize the situation they're in, and be a part of that. So in a way, it was a bit of um, a bit of a chance for him to sort of start to be in line with John Voight's character. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was sad that they ended up, you know, putting having to put rocks on him and then bury him in the ground. And well, in the water, in I the should water, say. Yeah. yeah, and they make it back to civilization, and but just before they go back in, they sort of hear, Ed tells them that they can't, you know, they have to make up a story that it all happened down here, and they can't send search parties back up because they'll find the bodies. And Lewis is completely broken at this point, and he's just like shaking, he's like and, just yeah, whatever. I understand, Ed. <laughs> I, 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 I get. I get you. Yeah. I get you. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Just, you know, get me to a doctor. Oh, my gosh. So, it was like a complete turnaround from the start. Yeah, very much. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Just a turnaround from being the guys telling them what to do and how they know nothing and yeah. to John Voight's character having to drive them and think this thing through. So, that was an amazing way to end that act. And then sort of yeah. act three is, you know, the suspicion of the authorities. Or as I called it, bodies, beds and brothers-in-law. <laughs> Brother-in-law, man. Yeah. So, they um, they come out of the water and there's this church there. And I didn't really think too much into the interpretation of that. Uh, and he walks and he finds that the cars have been left there by the by the mountain people. So, they actually followed through on that, which was a bit of a question mark. Yeah. And then, you know, they get the authorities to come. 
and yeah, they're sort of just poking around and they do sort of suspect because they're dragging the area that they said they were, that it all happened and they can't find anything. Um, but one thing I thought was funny was when they actually stop to get, they have to wait for the church to get out of the way. Yeah, I know. I that was just a really out of the blue piece of comedy there. We may have to stop just a minute for the church to get out of the way. <laughs> Moving the church. they're driving along. Well, there's this church. And just- then he actually says, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> And they also, um, they stopped to have a, um, uh, they got Lewis to the hospital and Bobby's sitting with these, with just a group of older older people and uh, and John Voigt sits down and they hand him some food and he's, that's when he starts to break down and, you know, let down his guard a bit and, and cry. Yeah. And, uh, and they're all, and then they start having just these relaxed conversation and I was looking at one of the ladies who just, she was just like, she had no teeth and they were handing out corn. And I was thinking, how do you eat corn with no teeth? Because <laughs> she's just, you know, licking it. She's just smacking her lips. <laughs> yeah, well, well, but fair and fair and fair and fair It just reminds me of a line, I might be missing teeth, but that just leaves more room for your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, pretty mouth. There, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> John Boyd, pretty mouth. And that old lady's missing teeth. <laughs> so I didn't have much. It was a pretty standard resolution. You know, they get away with it. Yeah. But uh, I do remember that hand popping up at the, out of the mm, end. And it was a dream. Oh, I had this weird, creepy feeling that he goes back to the river to bury the body again. I don't know if that's just my imagination as a four-year-old. Uh, I think that might have like, been actually, but I, I can understand yeah. that's that's where your thoughts would go as a four-year-old. Yeah, oh, because wow. it wouldn't have been because it's that dream sequence cliche. Yeah, um, you know where the hand pops up and then he wakes up and he's sweating and his wife tells him to go back to sleep. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a quite a intense film. And I just like how John Voigt looks at the the writer who's playing the policeman with his teeth, you know, his pearly whites with his pearl against the pearly mouth. <laughs> mouth. And uh, and he goes, I hope he finds his brother-in-law. Oh, you mean just like he delivers it straight, like yeah, complete straight, lie. Stares him straight into the yeah. eye, straight into uh, the policeman's eye. Yeah. Um, and the the guy who's saying they know something, they know something. But they haven't got anything against them, so they yeah, have to it was go. all left very sort of open. It was yeah, I quite like that. Mm. But how would you sort of rate this film, having seen it now? Oh, it's an excellent film. Just the feeling of the tension around the survival aspects and the realism of the film, and the and the tension of it's not the it's not the monsters in the forest you have to worry about. It's the monster that is man. Yeah, that's true. This uh, this film has like a high nostalgia meter rating for me (laughs) mainly with the banjo scene but i remember both of my parents liked this film and my mum's being into thrillers and all of that so yeah i've always been exposed to these darker films and there's a darker side to me definitely um (laughs) (laughs) but i enjoyed revisiting it's amazing film it's really well crafted and there's extremely sort of bold and courageous decisions by the people involved. Well, they, I should also say that with regards to the stunts and doing their own stunts, they didn't actually have any insurance either. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> there's actually a comment in the film, a quote, 
about not having insurance. <laughs> I think that was uh, actually a slight drive. It was a throwaway. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But you really oh. feel those sort of decisions um, as a viewer. You appreciate the rawness of it, I think, when you're watching it. Yeah, yeah. You do when they survive. And I would highly recommend it to anyone. I'd recommend it too, but let them know that it is R-rated for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, Peter. So, we may be having some guests coming up uh, where we have to organize who comes first. Uh, But yeah, we're looking forward to that, getting some other people's titles, um, getting some people's views on these films and yeah, looking forward to that. So, we'll keep you up to date. But thanks again for listening. Uh, You know, we're doing this... We're doing this for our enjoyment of film, and but we're also doing it in hopes that others will enjoy these movies that we've enjoyed for many years. Yeah. Or absolutely. not enjoyed, <laughs> as the case may be. Yeah. Thanks again, everyone. Thanks very much. You gone no more fear and fans are going to stop soon. Don't you know, Dad? Peter, my love for you is like diarrhea. I can't hold it in. Oh, oh, oh Derek, <laughs> those words come from your pretty mouth are just like gold to me. Good night. Stop.